Good morning. My name is Philip Anderson. I'm the Area Dean of Wigan and the Hub Leader of Wigan Northwest. The Lord be with you and also with you. Continuing in this season of giving thanks for God's creation on the 6th of September 2020. A reading from St Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 12 to 14. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us live honourably as in the day, not in revelling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I vividly recall on Easter Day taking the statutory hour of exercise out of the house, walking and praying and on my way passing through a nearby industrial estate, all shut up. And then I was struck by the glory of God in the violent, vivid yellow of a dandelion pushing up through the pavement. God is present in every created thing, but not contained by creation. God made and sustains all things by love alone. Not to control or exploit, but as a gift, as the overflowing of the love that binds the Holy Trinity. This September, Christian people across the Northern Hemisphere turn naturally to reflecting on the coming autumn and harvest, the earth grown ripe, the fruit being gathered in, we give thanks for the fullness of God's creation. We recall that all good things come from God, including our appetites, our desires for delicious food, for love, for justice. And thanks to God's generosity, there is much to satisfy our hunger. When St Paul wrote to the early Christians in Rome, the greatest city in the world at the time, in which a million people or so lived piled up in tenement blocks, his audience knew what he meant by making provision for the flesh. It was a greedy, violent place. In the mind of St John the Divine, it was a second Babylon, fat with ill-gotten gain. Its inhabitants had grabbed for themselves much of the known world, and they were kept fed, and more or less content, by the dole of free grain that Rome took from conquered provinces in Africa, and by the slaves and beast killed for entertainment in the public games. It was a wonder 
of administration. They spread their dominion as far as there was something to exploit, whether that was people to be enslaved or fertile land or the great imperial mines worked by slaves. The Romans had a sentimental, idealised view of rural life as honest and virtuous, all nymphs and shepherds and retired soldiers farming the land. But like us, they were masters at taming nature. Just think of those aqueducts and roads serving the needs of the city. It's important that we Christians, in thinking about our care for the environment, don't fall into a sentimental or romanticised myth of the world before modern industry. Poverty is overrated. And the fossil fuels of the Wigan coalfield, or North Sea oil and gas, have been a great blessing. Warm homes in the winter, transport, all the many blessings that have come from having energy to hand that didn't rely on chopping down a tree. I live by the M6. At the beginning of the lockdown, it fell almost silent. For a few days, it was bliss to sit in the quiet garden until it hit me that the price for that prolonged silence would be unemployment and the future's of a generation of children wrecked. So, how then are we to enjoy the benefits of God's blessings without spoiling or destroying the creation? Some would say that the answer is we simply need to get out of the way. Some have a very low view of humanity as an infection that has spread across the world, poisoning it. For the sake of the planet, they say, we need to get rid of ourselves. But the Christian faith tells a different story. We are among the creatures that God made good. But we fell through our desire to dominate, to be like our false image of God without realising who God truly is, the one who is contained once and for all in the master who stoops to wash his servant's feet in the crucified body on the cross, in the cold tomb cut from the rock. The Gospel of Jesus Christ spread along Roman roads, with apostolic letters safely committed to the efficient post. The answer to how to balance human development and care for the environment is not to return to living like Adam and Eve, using leaves for clothing. The answer is wrapped up in the mystery of Jesus Christ. To allow him to clothe us 
in eternal life. And as he does that to fill us with divine love, which bears fruit in the choices we make through the wisdom we receive. The Apostle Paul sets up a contrast between the competitive, acquisitive, domineering, greedy culture that is, in his terms, the world, or the flesh, on the one hand, and the Lord Jesus Christ on the other. Does this mean that our faith is at odds with our bodily appetites? Not necessarily. We gather at his command to feed around a table, to break bread, because Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. Remember, he rose from the dead with an appetite for fish and his friends. He is raised from the dead, a spiritual body, and whatever that means, and let's be clear, we can't exactly say, it does seem to mean he is recognisably a body, a person with desires like ours. His flesh had been crucified, but now is glorified. Our destiny is not so much to be set free from desire as to experience our desire satisfied by the infinite love of God. We gather to feed on his spiritual body in Holy Communion, even as we ask him to be Lord over our desires. Without him, they can lead us down some very dark paths, bringing destruction on ourselves, on others, on the earth itself. With him, they can lead us to holiness, shining with the armour of light. God in Christ entered into creation. We call this the incarnation, with the promise of a new creation beyond death. Through him, our human desires are revealed to be capable of communion with God, of love that gives freely. So we ask Christ to be Lord of our desires, because his service is perfect freedom that doesn't happen by magic, but by habit. The Holy Spirit working with our human will to make the right choices and to offer our whole life as an act of worship. A very simple, tangible thing that you can do that will make a difference is to say grace before mealtimes. It makes you acknowledge the company you keep and the food you eat as God-given. And as you separate out your recycling, 
you are engaged in God's continuous act of creation. As God separated light from darkness in the story of creation in Genesis, our actions can make a difference. And so when we hear in the gospel about the central importance of being reconciled to one another, and of how the ways in which we exercise mercy are felt in heaven, that has a bearing on our whole life, including the reverence or the lack of it shown to the earth and to the people who will call this planet their home in generations to come. God sees and holds all of us all the time at once. God sees the distant consequences of what seemed to us small actions into the distant future. There are those who say that the Christian faith has been too concerned about what happens after we die and not enough about this world. A little like those holiday makers we've all read about who go camping and then leave their tents and rubbish behind because they won't be coming back. But the traditional and to my mind convincing response to that criticism is that if you're really concerned about where you're going after death, then you need to think about the way you live your life now. If, on the other hand, you believe that there is nothing beyond death, then why would you be bothered if your legacy to generations yet to come is a mess? The loss of that ultimate horizon is one of the reasons for increased consumption in our present day. Why delay gratification if our lives are heading towards oblivion rather than union with the love that made the stars? Greed is a physical symptom of a spiritual sickness. This has a bearing beyond our concern for the environment. It underpins every aspect of life. If there's no better tomorrow, no day of reckoning, then our lack of faith in the divine becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We neglect the image of God within us. So God is spirit, yet the word became flesh. Our common life as Christians lives in a kind of glorious tension. In Jesus Christ, in this world, the eternal has touched us. And through his ascension into heaven, the mortal dust of this dirty old world has taken its place in eternity. We live in communion with a God we cannot see, but with faith we see. Pray for an increase in faith, so that we would love one another more deeply, care for the earth more wisely, and pass on to the next generation, both this earth 
and the living hope of a new creation, which began the day that heavy lump of stone was rolled back. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to God for the gift of creation. We pray for an increase in faith in this generation. We ask that we would fix our eyes on Jesus. We pray too for all those in need of our prayers today. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.